Welcome to The Drummer and the Great Mountain, a podcast where we share effective tips and practices for working with adult ADD, ADHD in a natural, effective way without the use of medications. Each episode, join me, your host, Batman Saram, along with the author of The Drummer and the Great Mountain, Michael Joseph Ferguson. Join Michael and myself in an interactive discussion of sharing our stories as we journey together in transforming what can be the gift of being what we call hunter types. This podcast is intended to be your audio companion to the book written by Michael, who joins me each episode where we both will strive to foster dialogue, give you our personal insights, and share both of our experiences on this similar path that we are all on. Our intention and hope is that along with the book, this podcast gives you an additional perspective as you listen to us delve deeper into each chapter of the book to give you even more tools to go along with what it is that you are reading. Visit us at drummerandthegreatmountain.com to purchase the book and look for more tools, tips, and updates, as well as giving us feedback on this podcast. Join our growing global community of creative types, entrepreneurs, and out-of-the-box thinkers on our shared journey. Welcome to the Drummer in the Great Mountain podcast. Another week, another podcast episode here on the Drummer in the Great Mountain. Welcome once again to the audio companion to the guide written by Michael Joseph Ferguson by the same name of The Drummer and the Great Mountain, a guidebook to transforming adult ADD, ADHD. Welcome once again for those of you who've been with us the whole way through. We are, we are going through this. We are getting there one chapter at a time and we are in chapter seven about navigating emotions we're going to cover this in two parts, uh, much like we did life visioning. I do want to make a note about life visioning. In the first part of life visioning, we gave you an assignment. And in the second part, there was an assignment. Last week's or last podcast's assignment was to build a money day for yourself. And this was in the perspective of hunter types thrive in an environment where there have many sources of incomes rather than one which is limiting for our types our personality in this regard and so your assignment was to come up with a money day and to come up with what it is you want to do in this money day it could be research it could be you've done the research you actually want to get into it so hopefully you're at a place and I want to emphasize this because I went through this myself that at this point if we're going off the paradigm that last week was kind of the assignment given out, you don't have to be at a place where you've picked your money day and you're committing to it. We wanted you to get on the process of doing that because it in itself can be a process. And now I'm speaking personally is first of all, finding the time. If you're a family person like myself, you've got the day job, wife, kids, we know health is important for hunter types. So I can tell you as a hunter type, if we don't stay dedicated to our routine, again, a very difficult thing at first until you start transforming yourself for a hunter type is sticking to an exercise routine. But the caveat with that is once you do, that leaves less and less time. So don't be overwhelmed. Again, just sharing a personal thought here to open today's show. Don't be overwhelmed if you were like me. When am I going to find time for this money day? That's okay. Remember, it can be half an hour. As long as you find that half an hour, and Michael speaks about this all the time, Find that half an hour that you can commit to. That's the key. 
So if you're in that phase of even finding that half hour, that's okay. So I wanted to mention that to open today because, Michael, I think that's important when you're going through this process to not be too hard on yourself that you have to be on level 10 when you start out something, right? Absolutely. Yeah, you want to start out from a space of um, you want to ease in. It's really, it's, and the, the most important piece is consistency. If you can focus on, I mean, most people focus on it's got to be effective. It's got to work. It's got to happen right now. And if you actually focus more of your energy on, I'm just going to be consistent. Even if I do this a couple times and I don't feel like I even get much traction, uh, the consistency piece is, um, is the piece that will help the most. Excellent. Excellent. Well, with that in mind, welcome. How are you, my friend? I'm doing wonderful. I was just thinking as you were talking that uh, if people are jumping into this and they haven't uh, listened to the other podcasts and we're using the term hunter type, they might be like, what is that? Yes. So would encourage you to listen to episode number two. And mm-hmm. this is we're basing this on uh, the hunter farmer theory that was come up by uh, uh, Tom Hartman in a number of his books. And uh, uh, in the drummer in the great mountain, I use it as sort of a very primary piece in describing the fullness of who we are as uh, as human beings, and not just with both our strengths and our challenges. Instead of using uh, the the term uh, disorder, yes, which, I, we, which if you've read the book, I have a very strong aversion to that because I don't feel it's effective. And other than giving an opportunity to medicate which is, you know, is, is an option, but it's not, uh, it's, if that's your only way of treating it and working with it, then I think you're, you, you can expand out a little bit in the ways that you can see yourself and uh, perceive other people that are like yourself and, and perhaps move towards um, a viewpoint that gives you a little more success and um, stability and, and self, um, self-awareness. That's a good point. And to add to Michael in the book, again, remembering that this podcast is, a companion. It is not the be all end all. That's certainly not our goal because it's important to have the book, be following the book. And then our goal with this podcast is a service as a companion to the book. So make sure to check out drummer the great mountain.com on information and in getting the book. Um, also on um, uh, the podcast number two, where we go into hunter type in the book, it's chapters two and three, where there's actually two chapters in yes. there, which cover both the hunter farmer theory and really a self quiz on am I a hunter type so that's for the people new to the podcast but let's move on let's dig into today's episode I know some people have been looking forward to this um, which is navigating emotions this is and there's a reason you're going to see this is a two-parter for us I don't know we're so impromptu here this might even turn into a three-parter depending on how deep we get in these next few podcasts because this is huge. Uh, I mention this every time, but I guess everything for me was a huge revelation as I was going through this, which was once you kind of realize what the the ram, the the not ramifications, that's the wrong word, what it is to be a hunter type. Then you get to the emotional part and when you realize, yes, that's happened to me. Yes, I've done that. Never understood why. This is the chapter and these are the chapters and these are the podcast episodes where we want to just kind of help you um, as, as we're all going through it together, we're all in this together. Um, and so today we're going to cover common emotional challenges and, and really starting to understand our emotions and then give you kind of a high level as we wrap up today about strategies. So Michael, let's get right into it. Talk to us about, as you do in the book, uh, about the common emotional challenges, um, for hunter types and also a viewpoint of how to navigate. 
Yes. So, well, this is the second longest chapter, I think, in the book besides the health chapter that goes into the diet and supplements. Uh, and it took me a while to actually cut it down because there's just so much information. So, yes. Yeah, so this is – there are very – I think – starting from myself and just viewing my own life, which was the very basis for a lot of the work. And then when I started doing coaching um, and working with a lot of other hunter types and seeing there's a very common across the board challenges that most people experience if you're wired this way. So um, going through the list, and this is not a complete list, but this is um, these are the common ones. So the, the first most common emotional challenge is overwhelm. I'd say across the board, and then there may be things that sprang from that, but feeling overwhelmed by life, by whatever is going on in the moment, that is often the most telling emotional challenge for hunter types. Um, and then with that comes the meltdown, and I, every, it looks different for everybody, but um, anyone listening right now, I'm sure they have about five or six even possibly recent experiences that pop to their head about, oh yeah, that's, I know what the meltdown is. Um, anger, potentially, not everybody has it, but anger and potential rage. And I want to, rage, I would consider like anger completely out of control. Um, and just, and just the ability to stop yourself from saying something or doing something both to someone else or yourself kind of gets all wrapped up in there's also self-punishing and the other things that come in with that um anxiety is a huge one i might even put that higher on the list um usually connected with mental thoughts and things that you're spinning on over and over and over and over again um relationship challenges these are sort of then the ramifications of a lot of these things that you move out and social challenges and that's sometimes like overstimulation uh, if you look at when you feel most challenged or overwhelmed or irritable, um, it often connects to um, overstimulation, too many things to process. And it, on a basic level, it might be sound in terms of if you're at a very loud and distracted environment, someone's trying to talk and you can't really focus. These are all things that, that relate to our brain chemistry and and cause us challenges as we move through the world. Um, so though, that's sort of the list. That's the list that I think is um, that most of us, if like we can at least check off 80 to 90% of those things. And if you have none of those, then I would, I don't know if you would consider yourself a hundred type because <laughs> those are, that's it. Well, like, and those, I think, I think it's important too, to reemphasize something you said as you were describing this list. Again, those are feelings of oh, being overwhelmed yeah. Anger and rage, not in control. Meltdowns, yeah. which is a feeling of that you can't cope with this world. Yeah. Relationship challenges and social challenges, which you mentioned regards to overstimulation. You, you want to, at this point, if you're evaluating this for yourself, remember that you might not have all of these or you may just be on a level of one to 10 as the quiz kind of takes you through. You yeah. may have some of these on a certain level. And we, yeah. Michael emphasizes over and over in the podcast, in the book, not every hunter type is the same. We don't want to put yes. anybody in a box. But if any of these match on a certain level, and so far you're with us. I mean, you're at you're at chapter seven. You've picked up this book, or you've picked it up for somebody. Then you are hunter type. And now what we're trying to do is relate to all of us these things, and and then how to navigate through them. So, talk to us a little bit about the the biochemistry that's going on here, because surprise, surprise, 
these emotional challenges you mentioned are yeah. related, surprise, surprise, to something we've emphasized a thousand times, diet and yeah. exercise. And tell yeah. us what's going on biochemically and why they're related. Yeah. Okay. Well, on a basic level, it, it goes if you've listened to our other podcasts, especially the one on brain chemistry, one of the primary things that make us who we are is this uh, lack of dopamine receptors. We have a lower amount of dopamine receptors. And so when our brain is not functioning at its highest level, it, it affects our ability to um, stabilize emotionally. And also to the, the, the piece that says this is inappropriate or you shouldn't do this right now, our ability to self-control is hindered. And so I can assure you, um, especially from working with clients now for quite a bit of time, when people are not taking care of their health, when they're not doing cardio three times a week in some way, shape, or form, they're not eating a healthy, non-artificial ingredient-infused diet that has lots of refined sugar. If you're eating like a healthy diet that's more leaning towards a higher-protein, lower-carb diet, then these challenges go down. So there, and again, there's other emotional challenges and there's, there's ways of perceiving the world and how you're getting your needs met that affect these things. But to start with, once again, go back to high protein, low part carb diet, no artificials, cardio three times a week, and these will all contribute to your well-being. I am a witness. I just have to tell you when I started when I started on this journey, this particular one with this book, um, I, I reflected on the diet piece a lot, and I I'm one of those. I'm sure I'm not the only one. This is nothing to do with hunter type necessarily. In my life, I've been on every diet, every program, da di da di da. Never been able to stick to it. The key was when I realized those were done for different reasons. Those were done for 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 health, but not in this way. When I realized. The tie into emotion and these emotional challenges that I realized were because of being a hunter type, it, the, the revelation, the, the mind exploding revelation could not be under, uh, overstated enough in, in, for me personally. And when I started, and it is a step-by-step, -step. if you're a high-carb person, let me be the first to tell you, I was never a sugar person. I never had a soda in my life, maybe once or twice in my life. You could put all the cake and desserts in front of me you wanted. Never, ever was that an issue. It was carbs. I was a carb addict. Actually, I am. I guess every addiction is you still are every day that you don't is, is a success. And I am telling you that when I started slowly getting the carbs minimized in my life and adding on to the protein, how you add on, we can get into detail in another time when we talk about in chapter nine about the exercise and the supplements and so on and so forth you will notice a relatively immediate change in your emotional challenges. I, I guarantee it. So I, I just wanted to mention that as a, as a personal um, reflection. Fantastic. Yeah. So, well, this is it. So then, but now going into the next piece of it, and this is what really is covered in this chapter, and I want to go deep into it, is really understanding that's not all of it. So th there's also many different 
underlying pieces that affect emotional overwhelm affect and also affect your ability to, to write yourself again after you go through something, which is a big piece of it. Um, but then there's also pieces around, are you getting your, your needs met in a, in a whole holistic way? Meaning uh, is, uh, we're going to go basically for me going now, going into the next piece, which I'm going to call needs awareness. Um, up until I think I was in my late 20s, I, emotions were very complicated. I didn't really understand like why what I would just emotion would just land on me and I'd just be, you know, spinning on something over and over again. And even if I was taking care of myself health-wise, there were still these challenges that would come up. And um, in an effort to understand like how our emotions work, someone um, connected me with uh, a process called nonviolent communication, which was come up by Marshall Rosenberg. And it's amazing. It is amazing. It's gone all over the world. They use it in high-level um, talks with with uh, with political leaders to um, counselors. It, it is an amazing system of how it starts. It started out as being a system by which, how do you communicate with another human being? Your like what's really going on with you in a way that they can hear it without feeling like you're making the other person wrong so they can fully hear what you're saying and you can get your needs met and they can get their needs met. And that was sort of the basis for Marshall Rosenberg, Rosenberg's work is that, and he was able to accomplish that. But underneath that, what he unearthed and through the work of Maslow and he worked with, he, he definitely based it on a lot of other work that um, was this piece of needs awareness and this was a revelation to me, and I find it to be um, the absolute baseline for how our emotions function. And I've yet to see anything that would disprove that in my life. I can just I just see how it works. So basically, needs awareness. What it basically means is there are you're wired. Every human being and every animal as well is wired to meet basic needs and every human being has the same needs from the dawn of time we all are driven it's the it's the force it's the energy that moves us through the world and so when these needs arise emotions come up to show us whether or not a need is being met or not met so for example some of the common universal needs that all beings have are safety and security health we also have needs for um, appreciation, understanding, trust. We have needs for self-esteem, self-confidence. We have a need for purpose. Uh, we have a need for movement and exercise. We have a need for choice and freedom. These are all like common needs that, and, and there's a handful. If you look at the book, if you guys have the book in front of you, if you go to page 123, there's a list of basic needs that all human beings have. And the key to this is that if you are spinning on an emotion, if you can name the need underneath the emotion, you can stop your emotional spin and you can get clear about actually what you're wanting in that moment. So and that's for example, huge. Sorry, if I, if I could just say that, that was, um, that was a big revelation for me is just what you mentioned. And so I'm glad you got into the awareness piece because we can spend some time here. Um, first of all, Michael's said it before, so I'm, I'm quoting him and he may have gotten from somewhere else. I love this concept. Needs are like vitamins. So think about them like that. And here's the thing is 
when you start getting into this evaluation phase of being a hunter type, if the need goes unmet for a long period of time, you have to think of it as you haven't taken vitamin C for a long time or you haven't taken your B complex and you know you need it. And that this is the key. You know, you if you look at page 123, we all need this, but there's something with hunter types when we go a long time without certain ones, I can say for sure. Um, it, it, it puts your trigger response on high, 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 over high alert. In other words, something yeah. that's not healthy. And so if you're evaluating, you're going to see, and this is what I started to see a, a, a while ago when I started getting into this process is really just be like almost let the response be what it is. But then when, when you're in and reading a guide like this and going through a process like Drummer on the Great Mountain, you, you stop. And this is what you learn to do. It's another habit to build, by the way. It's not easy at first. But if you literally stop, and Michael encourages writing it down, write down the time of day you had the response. See if there's a pattern, and you actually might notice a pattern. And then once you start noticing that pattern, you're like, wow, it happens here. It's because this emotion has gone um like my vitamin, unmet for a long period of time, boom, now you can start doing something about it. Therefore, why the awareness part is the first key here. Yes, exactly. And so, for example, if you are, the example I give in, in the book is if you're driving on the freeway and someone cuts you off and then you're just screaming at them in your head for like an hour after that, if you stop yourself and you go, okay, well, what's going on here? Like what needs were alive in that moment? Well, you had a need for safety. Like that was a huge need. Like you, you really had a need that someone had, and also probably a need for care that someone was a, had some awareness that they almost took your life. So when you start to tap those needs and go, that was the need, security. Oh, your body starts; to, it, it goes off of high alert, and you're now in the present moment again. Instead of spinning on something in your head and not actually getting the need met, and in, for example, in terms of um, depression, for example, if someone's feeling depressed, most of the time, or a lot of the time, sorry, it could be biochemical, but sometimes it's there's a need that hasn't been met for a long time. If you don't have a need for community being met on a regular basis, this is a real human need that every human being on some level has a need for belonging a need for community and you tend to seclude yourself and then there might be all these stories in your head of an uncomfortableness too of being around other people that may exasperate that well you're going to be spinning on these thoughts and eventually what depression i believe and and i've read lots of psychologists is that they don't have when you don't feel like you have the ability to have it to get a need met then you 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 kind of give up. You get into that blank space of like, oh, it's it's I'm never gonna have this ever. So if I, if I can never have this need, which is a baseline human need, then what's the point? And so the ramifications of this work of needs awareness is tremendous. And so the way I talk about it in the book is needs are atomic. They're the most basic energy that we have that drives us through the world. The other thing is needs move us forward. A need for purpose will drive us towards something that we want in the world. It's powerful when we touch on the need. When we, I have a need for purpose. 
I have a need for meaning. If you have a, a, a job that's su sucking the life out of you and you have a deep need for meaning and you're depressed because you're going to the job every day, it's like, well, tap into the need for meaning. Like give that some energy, put that some, some focus towards it. And then the next step is how do you take action on what the need is? If you've identified the needs that are either unmet or unmet in this particular moment, what particular action can you take now? Not sometime way off in the future, but now that will meet that need. And this is a lot of what it talks about in what I wrote about in the emotions chapters. Here's some exercises that will help you, one, start to name what's going on internally. How do you get those needs met in the moment? And then the next step would be how do you then take those needs that come up on a regular basis, like maybe community or meaning or purpose or listening and build those into habits. And so what, what I witnessed is when you have – when someone has created stability in their life, they have either consciously or unconsciously designed strategies to meet those needs on a regular basis. Just taking it in for a second. Um, one thing that I found that may help those of you listening, again, it's just, it's just what I did. Michael's mentioned some of the things he did is – as you start this process, you actually may find, uh, Michael talks about, this is page 132, about, okay, now we're having building awareness, and now we need to do something about it. Michael talks about something called a doable action, and I just want to mention that for me, when I started getting to a doable action in order to, when I realized I have a need that's not being met, actually, why am I dancing around? Let me get to the specific need. My need after I moved, my family, I moved to a much more family-friendly neighborhood rather than where we were. And the price we kind of paid for both of us, me and my wife and myself, was much further away from some good friends. So what was mm, a 10, 15-minute drive now becomes a 30 to 45-minute drive to go see them and them see us. And we all have families, and so it made it a little more difficult. Now let me speak about my friends, my musician friends. I'm an artist. And so, yes, we get together to play music um, in our music projects, but when I lived closer to them, we were just getting together for getting together's sake. It may not have been music-related. So I realized after the move and once I started this process, one of the needs that I was definitely not getting was that community feeling with my musician friends as friends. Forget the musician part for a second. And so now it's about a doable action. And check out the doable action that I realized later I did that actually had two or three positive ramifications. I said, Can, are you guys down for meeting twice a month, max, uh, at least once a month for a hike? And we'll pick a hiking range that's somewhere between us, or maybe one of the months it'll be closer to you and one of the months closer to me. They were down for it. And I'm telling you, this started such an amazing process of that need being met. It was a one-hour hike. We got to talk, laugh, talk yeah. about the good old days on tour. But guess what I was doing meanwhile? I was exercising. We were burning yeah. calories. And when I came home after the first couple times of doing this, I'm telling you right away, the emotional challenges were – it was very evident to those around yeah. me that the emotional challenges were subsiding. So I just thought to share that That's doable awesome. actions can actually knock out a couple of things all at once. That's it. I, I like that. Stacking – stacking the you know addressing the needs uh, on one particular action that's excellent and you know sometimes it's that like, if you're feeling so the, part of this process is start with the feeling and then get 
follow the feeling back to what is the need that is triggering the feeling. And so one of the brilliant quotes, quotes from Marshall Rosenberg, who just passed, by the way, he just passed away a couple of weeks ago. Uh, what a great life he had. Um, really touched a lot of people. So one of his great quotes was, um, uh, feelings and emotions are like the lights on a dashboard telling you whether a need is met or unmet. So if you're feeling really good and really satisfied, then there's probably these needs underneath it that are being met in the moment. So maybe it's just relaxation and you're feeling your body, you're just like, oh, I feel so happy. I'm feeling relaxed. Like that need is getting met. Or maybe you had a really satisfying uh, conversation with someone who just really listened to you and you were able to share things deeply and you felt relief. Well, if you follow the feeling of relief back, it met your need for listening and for understanding. So to me, this is unrefutable how we function as human beings. And instead of piling all these other concepts on top of it, this is the basics of how we function. And the key is when we understand it, when we have some self-knowledge around it, then we can actually start designing our life in a way where we're getting needs met. And just by nature of that, you're guaranteed to be feeling better. You're guaranteed to feel more satisfied and more productive. It is. This is a key, key secret. I cannot stress how important this is. This is worth the time and energy to put some energy towards it. Um, and the other thing I would add is pick up a book on nonviolent communication. There's mm -hmm. a few books that they've published all over the world. There's groups all over the world. If you look up nonviolent communication, there's probably a group in your area. And it's a good place to just go and, and practice and learn about not just about interpersonal communication, but understanding yourself and understanding what drives you and what motivates you. Um, so, I think that covers it as far as the the basics. Let me before um, yeah, if we could on that point of nonviolent communication, because I do want to get into effective strategies, and I think that I'm I'm just coming up with this now. As you get us into effective strategies, I think we can keep with our um, kind of plan that's been happening. I think there's some definitely assignments that can come out of the effective strategies. So mm -hmm. I think we can go there before we do and, and wrap up understanding our emotions. The nonviolent communication. I didn't pick up, up the book, um, but now I think I'm interested too that, that Michael mm. mentioned. But through the program, through this book, through Drummer in the Great yeah. Mountain, this is one of the first things I started practicing. And let me tell you, for those of you who are listening, or again, because you're listening to us or bought the book for someone that you know is a hunter type and, and going through the transformation process, know about the relationship. We haven't talked too much about the relationship part. We've been talking about the self, but let me just give one note on the relationship challenges. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you how NVC comes into play. I can't tell you how you will notice whether it's a girlfriend, boyfriend, or a marriage situation or a partner situation, whatever the case may be, lifelong mm -hmm. partner will improve with NVC. Yes. Because once you start realizing, I know for me now, I'm in a certain type of hunter category, and I, Michael is as well. We're musicians, and mm -hmm. we've mentioned this before. We're artists, we're musicians, prototype for hunter type, by the way. Mm -hmm. But it also comes with a sensitive ear. And so since we're sensitive to frequencies and, and, and certain things, having done this most of our lives as professionals and studio recordings, our mm -hmm. ears, like the caveman, we're kind of tweaked. We're kind of highly sensitive. Yeah. And I realized until I learned NVC that one of the issues I had in my marriage and previous girlfriends was without realizing is that my kind of lash out would come when there was too much noise in the room. I've kind of mentioned yeah. this before. What did I learn through NVC? 
literally, well, NVC and mindfulness, which is one of the strategies Michael will talk about, but it's more awareness, yes. I guess, is, oh boy, I'm about to. Whereas that wasn't there before. I would just go out with it like, ah. Instead, yeah. hold pause. I yeah. would go over and turn down both the TV and that other thing that was playing and yeah. say, that's a little too much for me. Can we, yeah. can we turn, can we just choose one while I'm here in the room? Or I, when I go upstairs, you can have, the, because some people, by the way, there's no judgment here because some people can handle that. They can yeah. handle having the TV on and maybe a little radio in the background while they're on the phone. If I hear someone talking on the phone, it doesn't have to be me, by the way. I'm not talking about me yeah. being on. If someone's in the room on the phone and there's the TV playing and it's relatively loud, I can't do it. My ears yeah. just can't do that. So yeah. once I learn NVC, I can't tell you how literally 40% of yeah. the issues of relationship challenges were gone. They were just yeah. gone. So with that in mind, Michael, take us through some effective strategies. I know we said this is going to be a two-parter, but get us yeah. there and, and get us into something that people can do this week to to get into some effective strategies for this. That's really good. You know, and I want to hit one point that you were mentioning though, and I think this is really important as we talk about this and everything in the book is that um, this is life is messy. We're messy. Life is challenging. That doesn't go away. And I remind my clients of this. It's, you're never going to get it perfect. It's never going to happen. And it's a waste of time to try. You should not try to make life perfect and, and erase all of your challenges because it is, that is often that thought. And we get it, I think, especially in Western culture of like, we're going to get it right. We're going to finally get there. And that thought of perfection is a killer <clears throat> because the reality is life is challenging. Life has its ups and downs. And if we don't recognize that and have empathy for the fact that we will have challenges, we will have things come up, then we won't bludgeon ourselves when we have a challenge or we react a certain way that we wish we didn't have. Instead of going, okay, whew, that was messy. That didn't come out right. But you know what? It's okay. And you forgive yourself and move on. If you don't learn to do that, then what happens is it makes it a 10 times worse because then you, you crash. You, tell, you, you do something you, did, you wish you didn't you, – you, you would have done differently. You, you knew this, but you, you did it anyway. And then it lasts 20 times as long because you're beating yourself up after. And then nothing – like it, that's actually the one piece that I try to work with most with my coaching clients is let them know like just – it's okay. Get back up. Keep moving. I don't care how messy it was. I've got a thousand messy stories of all the things that I did wrong in the past or even recently. And it's like you just have to let – you can't dwell on it. You have to get up, keep moving. And none of this is a guaranteed you know, magic pill, but all these things will help tremendously. So instead of it being constantly challenged over and over, having continual relationship challenges, they become manageable. You have emotions that arise, but then you can manage them. That's just to give a perspective of what's, re what's real. That's what's real. And, and it creates depth. It creates meaning. And if you're around people that have done the work of self-acceptance, they're so much easier to be around because you know they're not expecting you to be a certain way because they know they've made a ton of mistakes themselves. And it, it makes us better human beings. And so what all this is about is how do we become a better human being regardless of whether we're hunter type or not? Having self-empathy, having empathy for others, this is the goal of all this work. 
Mm-hmm. Great. Great point. Get us into, give us an overview of what we're going to be, have more time to get into next week, but tell us about some of the strategies. We've kind of covered what we know can be the challenges and we've talked about awareness, which can be thought of as a strategy, but get us into some more. Yes. Okay. So first one, like we said, was just mindfulness, be just taking and internalize, again, going to the, the, uh, some of the exercises in the chapter and we'll give you an exercise at the end of this podcast. Just being mindful of here's why like I, I got triggered why did I get triggered follow it back journal about it so so one of the st- strategies is journaling I highly recommend journaling it could be um, for most of us now so many people have we have a laptop don't use your phone unless you can really type well on your phone find uh, or just take a piece of paper write it down ideally have a journal that's always helpful um, and write out. So basically journaling, what journaling does is it gives you an opportunity to self-reflect without having someone else needing to be there. It gives you an opportunity to just write out, here's what's going on. Here's here's what I'm going through in this moment. And so you can look at it. It's on the paper. It's on your computer screen where you're like, oh, that's actually what happened. So we'll go into, so journaling is really helpful. Um, there's a one of the exercises that I alluded to earlier was creating a needs actions list where you identify the needs that aren't being met on a regular basis that you want met. And then you start brainstorming at what specific actions can I take on a regular basis to meet these needs. And then that goes on your schedule. That's that makes a really nice circuit. So, the, I mean, ultimately, that's the, the goal of all the life coaching work I do is how do you take what needs are coming up that are alive on a regular basis, form actions to meet those needs, and then put those on your schedule. And that could be a goal that you have. But ultimately, at the end of the day, they just trace way back to what is the need. And it could be purpose and meaning or you know, accomplishment. Those things are what drives the goals and everything else that are on the higher level of of what you usually think about on a day to day basis. Um, and then the other piece is uh, life coaching, which is something that you can pay someone to do. I do coaching work, uh, but then also in the book, I mention and spell out the exact coaching process that I do, so that you can actually, if you can't afford a life coach, then uh, you can have someone that you you choose in your life or find someone that that would then just you meet with on a regular basis one week every week every two weeks where you go through a, a fairly simple exercise where you share your goals you review your wins and your challenges you brainstorm on ways to to meet the needs that are alive and and also put out the fires that are going on in your life and then scheduling that whole process is mapped out thoroughly in the book and we will talk about it in a later podcast so across the board those are the this is these are the ways in which you can apply this material one is just internal mindfulness being aware of your internal dialogue journaling writing things down so you can actually look at it computer i use the computer mostly for that i don't usually write on a on a sheet anymore it's it's quicker for me to do it that way needs action list and life coaching. Those are those are key strategies that we'll go into a little bit more in detail in the next podcast. That are ways in which to address um, needs awareness and understanding how you emotionally you're functioning, and also to develop needs uh, of self awareness, uh, self empathy, 
and then ultimately greater stability. Perfect. I think I think we've forged what part two will be. So stay tuned to part two because we're going to, Michael mentioned these high level points of um, mention some exercises, mindfulness, the needs action list, journaling. All of this we'll get into more detail next time for sure. But I think out of this, we've, we've definitely built an assignment. And, and that assignment, I think we're going to make it simple. And tell me if you agree, Michael. Just okay. start with the journaling. Because if you're at this point of Chapter 7, and this is where we start recommending this, start with it. It's a very simple assignment. And by the way, you're, you're going to find this is going to lead right back to your other assignments. Your Money Day can be, become part of your journaling. Like what challenges yeah. did you have with Money Day or did, was Money Day a success and how's that going? Mm-hmm. The journaling and and. In the book, Michael actually gives you some strategies on the journaling, which I can't recommend highly enough in Chapter 7. Mm-hmm. So definitely make sure you read that. But that's your assignment. Start If you haven't, start the journaling process. It can be as simple as a text file. Michael has a really good snapshot. We're two computer guys as well. But it can be as simple as literally. This doesn't have to be a Word document. It doesn't have to be fancy. It can be a text file. This is all you. This is private. This is for you. I do want to make a note on the coaching part. I can't emphasize how helpful it is to have a coach, whether it's through a trade or through mm. actually paying someone. I do want to emphasize that if you do can't officially afford it or can't find someone to trade with, that if it is someone that's a friend or someone within the family, it is mm. going to take dedication on their part. Because this is where if you can actually get a coach that is actually part of a process in which it's a service they're giving to you. The yeah. coach is critical to this process. So if it's going to be a friend or family member, there's nothing wrong with that. But I do want to emphasize one thing. Yeah. There's work to be done on their part, and they have to be dedicated to it. And here's the most important thing. Because I started out with a friend and family member, and yeah. they meant well, absolutely. This is not a judgment. But they just couldn't be honest enough with me. And I yeah. think that's just when someone loves you, they're not going to tell you, look, you're not doing this and not judging you about it but believe me going through this process you sometimes need to just hear hey it sounds like this goal that we set is is, we're not on our way to meeting that what can we do and i think having someone that can be really so as long as it's it's not an official coach and it's someone in your family or friends just make sure they can be really really honest with you so i just thought that was important to mention if you're going down that road that's really good. And and just to go back to the exercise, I think what I would specifically say is in journaling, a helpful exercise, and I think it's one of the first ones in the book, is um, in the emotions chapter, is think back to the last three big meltdowns that you've had or things that you're spinning on over and over and over again and just write it out. Write out like here's just what's happening. Here's the happening. And if you have the book, then I would say look at those. And then look at the needs list and say, just assess, like what needs, just you can just circle them or just write them down. What needs are alive underneath whatever that meltdown is? And then once you have that list, so for example, it might be purpose or it might be listening or understanding or it could be accomplishment. There's a finite list of needs and these are universal. Everybody's got them. And then once you have those, then write out some ways in which you can get those needs met. And it's that simple. Like you, you, you that this is an incredibly powerful exercise. Um, I encourage you to t- take the time out to do it. It there's, this could be life changing for you because it, it brings you, it brings your awareness to what is actually going on underneath whatever the spin is in that moment. And every single 
meltdown, and I, I feel confident in saying this now, every single meltdown you've ever had, there's needs underneath it that are very specific. And if you address those needs, you will be on your way to living, to at least having more satisfaction in that area of your life. Beautiful. Navigating, navigating emotions. This has been part one of the podcast, The Drummer in the Great Mountain. Michael, thank you so much for another great day. Lots of good stuff here. Um, mm, we're really, we're really in the thick of it now. Uh, this has been part one. You got your assignment about the journaling. Listen back, you know, re rewind on the podcast. If you want the specifics of the way Michael said to approach it on the exercise, it's definitely in the book. Make sure you realize this is an audio companion to the book. So stick with reading the book chapter by chapter, going through its exercises and listen to us every uh, time there's a new podcast to stay up on it and we can delve into more. But as always, it's, it's a pleasure to be with you, Michael. Thank you for a great day. Looking forward to Navigating Emotions Part 2 next time. Thank you so much. Really outstanding. Thank outstanding. you so much for all your insights. Yeah, you too as well, my friend. Thank you. And thank you to all of you. Please remember, drummerandthegreatmountain.com is where we look forward and are enjoying your feedback on the podcast and on the book and everything. Um, we look forward to hearing more and more of your stories on Facebook, on Twitter. Uh, all of it is sourced at the website, Drummer and The. Don't forget The, drummerandthegreatmountain.com. Looking forward to hearing your stories. Share it with us, and we look forward to keep moving forward along with you in this community of hunters that we are. And as always, please take care of yourselves and your health. Be well.
Thanks for tuning in. This podcast is intended solely for the purpose of personal growth and not as a replacement for professional psychological support. The views and opinions of the hosts and guests of this show are not meant to be taken as medical advice. It is very important to seek the help of a qualified medical practitioner when making any shifts to psychiatric medication you may be taking or if you are experiencing extreme psychological distress.